Manchester City Champions 2022. It's a save that leads the World Cup for Australia. They are going to the World Cup in Qatar. For all your sporting news, reviews and previews, this is the Sports Desk. Good morning and welcome to the Sports Desk on your Friday. Uh, the date is 14th of October. Spooky season. <laughs> Spooky season indeed, Sam. Uh, that, that is the voice of Sam Menhenet back at the desk on the Sports Desk. It's, you love to see it. My name is Jason. Uh, this is what's left of the Sports Desk. I have it, Your Honour. Uh, I want to put it on record on the court. Put it on the record of the court, Sam. I think the grand final is just done a lot of collateral damage between us because immediately following the grand final, you went down sick. Yep. Michael's ba- Michael, our, our beloved EP of the sports desk, he went off to Perth to cover the Uni Nationals. In fact, we, he sent us a a piece of dialogue for us to air tonight today, and that's going to be very exciting. Here, he'll break down the Uni Nationals in Perth that he witnessed that he witnessed over the last few weeks, and he talked broke down the AFL trade period for us. But he he's now out sick, and I wasn't on air. I wasn't on air with you last week. You did a solo show this time last week, Sam, and uh, it was because I was out sick. <laughs> so yeah. there's been a lot of collateral damage happening here across the panel here. Well, it's good to have you back, and uh, good that it's not just me rambling. <laughs> We've got two hey, voices. I can relate, mate. I did the exact same thing. It was uh, it was what what an experience that was uh, doing a solo show. Uh, I, have you got and do you know my opinion about Brad Scott yet? No, well, we don't need to go deep into that again. But uh, what we do have for you this morning is a breakdown of the AFL trade period with Michael, who sent in his uh, audio in the night. So we will be hearing from him very shortly. I also am sitting here because this I have not really been because I have been out sick for the last week. I'm better now, still a lagging cough, but I'm back here now. And uh, the only thing I've really been paying attention to in recovery is uh, WWE Extreme Rules last week. So if you want my opinion on Bray Wyatt's return, you can come back to me later. But what I'm here to do is have a front row seat for Sam's opinions on the world of sport going on right now. We've got the Premier League to break down. We've got the T20 World Cup. In fact, I went online and found out that there are some rule changes that we might actually have a little bit of a breakdown. Uh, the, The headline read, The five changes to playing conditions to keep an eye on during the T20 World Cup, which is coming up next. Next week, Sam, so we'll break that down a little bit later on. And also the NBL this weekend we're going to be talking about as well. So a lot to get through and yep. uh, some ex- exciting week ahead. Uh, but just off the top, though, I wanted to g- give a warning and uh, best wishes to those in the flood-affected areas. So, uh, look, if you are in, stay safe. Don't drive through floodwaters or anything silly like that. Just uh, look out for one of it. One another. Um, Support each other. It's just crazy. Victoria's been th- thrown. We had bushfires and COVID, and now we're going through flood flood events and stuff. So make sure you stay safe uh, um, and pay attention to the, to the Vic Emergency app. That's where you can keep up to date with all that uh, emergency information if it's affecting you. Uh, and so top breaking news off the top uh, since last night. Uh, came through during all the, the rock. Came through in the dark of night, this. Yeah. St Kilda has sacked coach Brett Ratton. Following the Saints review wow. of their football operation, the club has a scheduled media conference for 11.30 today. Uh, the bombshells landed just three, min- three months after Bratton linked a two-year extension with St Kilda, contracting him till the end of 2024. Now, it's just perplexing to me, and I feel for Saints fans at the moment, uh, and I feel especially for Ratton because he's 
not only had to go through this now, he's he's done this, gone through this whole fiasco before. Undeservedly so and, the first time round. Uh, yeah, and, and I'd say maybe this time they've jumped the gun a bit. And why would you sack someone three months after extending their contract? Uh, it I just can't seems talk. So I had Matthew bizarre. Knights as a coach, and that's exactly what happened to him. <laughs> uh, so... Unfortunately for him and St Kilda, now they're looking for a new coach at this late stage uh, when we don't even know if some clubs are going to hold on to their new coaches. So it's a bit that, of d- another <laughs> another can of worms that's been opened in the AFL world. Well, I'll ask you this question then. Uh, is this a worse position than what Essendon was when Brett, when Ben Rutten got sacked? Because at that point, yeah, the, the I guess the uh, calibre of coaches was spread very thinly in the lead up to Brad Scott's appointment, but but Brett Ratton at St Kilda, I think that I think the I think the gene pool is a lot is a, even thinner than what it was when yeah, and it, Essendon were going through their woes. Seems weird because uh, and and this has just come after the trade period has ended, and no, they didn't really Ugh. do anything significant du- during the trade period. So is that because there's rumours on the back of that that maybe it's something for not finalising Jordan Dugowie or, or something rather, but I, 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 I'm so perplexed with why St Kilda have ended up r- removing him um, and now they've got to find someone of their own. Uh, and then a few names have been thrown around already, uh, assistant coach uh, and former St Kilda player. His name's just gone out of my head. Um, <laughs> It'll come back to me, but uh, Lenny Hayes, Lenny Hayes, uh, been assistant uh, for a long while now, um, and maybe Andrew McVeigh, or um, maybe even James Hurd. Oh, <laughs> wow. going around. Hey, so, th- there's red and black in the Guernsey, I guess. So, unfortunately for Brett Ratton again, it's, he's just had the bad end of the stick, um, and look, yes, their season wasn't too f- far, but... Uh, Fetch this this year and how would you grade it overall? I'd, I'd say it's pretty disappointing. But uh, after coming off the finals the year before, they've been they've kind of been yo-yoing up and down the last couple of seasons. They yeah. probably wanted something consistent, but um, I don't know. I still think it's harsh of a call. And if you'd feel if they were going to make that call, they would have done it early on. I don't know why. I mean, coaches can get sacked any time, but it just seems weird that it's now. Um, so. Now they're back to square one. <laughs> we've I got guess a we're going to need teams. to find out what their reason was because, again, it, we need to emphasise that it's the second time Brett Ratton has been sacked in in dubious circumstances. He probably shouldn't have been sacked at Carlton when he was because no. they were on the upswing at the time. So Kildart need consistency, as you were talking about. Yeah. Ah, uh, so what, a weird, what a weird situation we're so, in. Sometimes, yeah, the... often the coaches feel the blow of, of a deeper problem deeper problems that um, kind of, you know, rot the, the inners of a club. So maybe it's time for Secure to do a full, full clean out. Um, <laughs> there's a few clubs that need to be doing that. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's looking right at me with a death stare. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, unfortunately for him. So, uh, But uh, we move swiftly on. Um, and in other news, well, it is on topic in in some sort of a sense. We will get to that. Uh, the Man- Manly Sea Eagles have uh, ended uh, weeks of speculation by sacking two-time Premiership coach Des Hasler. Yes. So there's another one uh, that's gone down. This was a um, shocking one too, correct? Uh, look, I don't We're not NRL people. Reason. We're too <laughs> Melbourneian for that. But uh, admittedly, it sounded like it sent shockwaves. Uh, definitely. Uh, the 
um, after weeks of speculation, uh, and he's two-time premiership. So uh, I mean, that's something in itself. You're we're too Melbourneian <laughs> to go even into deeper depth than that, aren't we? Sam? <laughs> no, no. Well, it's good we're mentioning it. It's good we're mentioning it. Uh, also in the news today. Um, the uh, 2022 inductees have been announced for the Sports Australia Hall of Fame. One of which being Chris um, Judd. Yes. So we'll go through the nine-time Formula One race winner and first Australian to win an F1 race in 21, uh, 28 years, Mark Webber. Uh, 41-time LPGA title and seven-time major winner, two-time LPGA player of the year, golfer, Carrie Webb. 41 time winner. That's great. <laughs> I love that being yeah. on the CV. 41 time winner. And as you mentioned, two time Brownlow medalist, five time club best and fairest winner, and six time AFL All Australian Chris Judd. So uh, good to see them get up in the news. Look at, look at your blue blair bag of pride that's yeah. beaming out of you right yeah. now. It's radiating across the studio, everyone. <laughs> that is well deserved. And also, Mark Webber, what a legend in. Uh, Formula One, maybe the gra- the greatest export in Australian Formula One uh, until Daniel Ricciardo came along, right, Sam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the rain this morning. Um, uh, well, we've been talking about the flooding and stuff uh, might have affected uh, the tracks, but uh, coming out this morning, um, uh, the track. Well, the people looking after the track at Caulfield say say it's ready to go for the Caulfield Cup tomorrow. So. Um, wow, good luck that, to that. That is still fine and ready to go. They're saying that the track was um, usable and ready to go today, so even with the extra bit of rain. Um, and sp- speaking of that, with the Spring Racing Carnival, the uh, Everest is also on Saturday uh, up in Sydney at Randwick, uh, Australia's richest uh, t- title race, the Everest. Uh, so that's uh, to kick off another exciting... But all this rain, it does make... Um, I wonder if that affects... Uh, some of the form of some of the horses and whether it's turned the uh, forms on its head. <laughs> yeah, lo- it's highly likely. Track. I also am aware that uh, the motorsport world's going to be struggling a little bit this weekend, especially at uh, Phillip Island. They, that's been pretty... I think I heard... Uh, I volunteer for the program in Pit Lane and the show presenter, Brett, who showed a picture of uh, Phillip Island and he went... The, the, they, the officials were going for a walk around Phillip Island and it ended up being a bit of a more of a, a track wade instead of a track walk. So... Uh, Hopefully, this, all the motorsport meets this weekend uh, will be uh, largely unaffected. But at the same point, you know, there's it's a lot. There's a they're out in desolate areas, and there's going to be a lot of flooding going on there. So they might be greatly affected motorsport events this weekend. Okay, well, we're going to get to a break. Um, when we come back, we will hear from uh, Michael with his bit of a wrap. We'll go through the, the recent couple of trades that closed out the AFL trade period. I'm also very um, in, in, interested in uh, Sam's opinion in this, so uh, stand by for that. I'm very excited for that, and I've got a couple of questions for you too about, about it all. And including AFLW2, that, uh, it's only a couple of weeks away from finishing the season. Uh, before we get to finals, so that, that's gone very, very quick. Not too many rounds, unfortunately, uh, as it's expanding, uh, the clubs haven't been able to play each other twice. Not, uh, sorry, not even, sorry, I'm, I'm not even once. Up. Not even once. Uh, some teams won't play each other, which is interesting. But they'll that, that'll probably does seem that in future in, years there's yeah. going to be. Uh, some modifications made. Not necessarily massive revolutionary changes, but it's just going to need some tweaks and modifications just to get that balance right. Because 18 clubs uh, with the talent pool that it is right now, we ju- you just need to hone and uh, yeah. curate and develop the players that they have now. 
Okay, well, we'll get to the song. This is a new one from Phoenix. It's off, of course, the FIFA 23 soundtrack. I've been playing these over the last couple of weeks. Ooh, give me a brief um, review once we come back. Okay. This is Phoenix with tonight um, on the sports desk on your Friday morning on Sin. Phoenix tonight on the sports desk on your Friday morning. And uh, we'll get to, just briefly, I know it's been, uh, I mean, been the talk of the town over the last couple of days, um, but the trade period uh, completed uh, at the, what day was it this week? I I think it was Wednesday. Right. Um, But it was always funny. I do always uh, turn it on in the last hour just to see the cameras in in the different uh, rooms where they have them at Marvel uh, and on the phone and frantically running around and frantically trying to get... Frantically throwing papers around like get, Trying to get deals together and uh, it is very bizarre. A lot, <laughs> of, a lot of sports coaches looking like they're watching stock prices plummet. Yeah, no, it's funny. You can see the sweat beads <laughs> on their faces <laughs> as they're trying to get some major deals done. And, boy, there was some... Big deals. Like, we've had some quiet trade periods uh, over the years, but this one was pretty dramatic, uh, I think. Uh, Lots of things going on and a few surprises that um, people didn't even uh, uh, expect in some ways. Um, I'm talking specifically the... um, Well, Hawthorne, for an interesting... uh, Jake O'Meara uh, joining Fremantle and Lloyd Meek joining Hawthorne. So that was pretty interesting. Certainly was. Uh, the biggest takeaways I took away is well, what's going to happen with Western Bulldogs in 2023? Because they've lost a lot of major players. They lost uh, Josh Shackey to Melbourne, Lockie Hunter to Melbourne, and Josh Dunkley to Brisbane Lions. Yeah, and that, that was all very late. That's uh, that was Wednesday, wasn't it? When yeah, those deals the, were made. Dunkley, that, that that was the one they've been talking about uh, for for a long while, trying to get done. Not yeah, um, not wrong there. And managed to squeeze, but they do get someone back in Rory Lobb from Fremantle, right? Which is an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like the dogs forward line. Uh, has been up and down, um, and it was Hagen it's been and good. Norton, which yeah. was fine, but it wasn't sustainable, was it? No, it, it it just felt patchy. Like a couple of guys would work for a while, they'd change things up, and then these guys would work for a while, and then yeah. it just just wasn't consistent. They didn't have standouts. So Rory Lobb, I, th- I think he's okay. Um, he's had his ups and downs at Frio, but maybe this is something where he can fit in. Uh, a little better at the dogs. Uh, I, I don't know much about Rory. Is he originally from Victoria? Is this his homecoming? I, I can't remember too much of his uh, upbringing or his entry into the game where he comes from, but I will uh, say he, ups and downs. Yeah, Rory Lobb, all of his ups seem to be against us when he played against Essendon, sadly, because he oh. seemed to be one of the star players when he played against us. But he's, he's a consistent kick of the footy. Uh He's a consistent kick the footy and he can deliver, but then there are days where he is off and he doesn't really play too much of a factor. But it will be an interesting get to see how he interacts with someone such as like a Eugle Hagen or a Norton. So he was actually born, I've just looked this up, he was born in Perth. So this is him moving away and uh, he started his career at GWS um, and then played 79 games for Fremantle. Uh, so that's, yeah, the dogs there. That's pretty interesting in the last couple of days. And then this major one, Oh, my word. Uh, we will hear um, Michael ramble on a bit more about this one, but Tom Mitchell, Oliver Henry, Cooper Stevens, all in a three-way trade. So Collingwood gets Tom Mitchell, um, and Hawthorne received Cooper Stevens, 
uh, Geelong get Olive, Ollie Henry, uh, as well as getting some picks and some few other things. Geelong, <laughs> it's bloody annoying, isn't Geelong it? Geelong <laughs> are slowly, ever-increasing their power, really. They they know what they look for. They know what they want. They're that in tune with how they're operating. It's it's infuriating, Sam. They, they got Jack Bowers from Gold Coast Suns. They did, yes. Oh, annoying. Brody Grundy uh, joined Melbourne. Uh, we've got Billy Frampton going to Collingwood. Thoughts yep. on Grundy going to Melbourne? Uh, look, I always thought he was going to go somewhere. I didn't think he was going to stick around. Um, and I think Melbourne's a good suit, especially losing Luke Jackson. Um, good point, yes. Yeah, I, I think um, it's, it'd be a great backup ruckman and good for him to get some time because he's, he he's a great player. He's just been injury troubled and trying to get back into the game. Um, so I think he'll do very well at Melbourne. I'm excited to see him back out on the park. Um, but that's two players now. Collingwood is still playing out of their back pocket for <laughs> the next couple of seasons. So not sure what the financial oh, uh, situation at Collingwood. They're lucky they got a bit of money. Um, <laughs> Jacob Hopper joins Richmond uh, from the GWS, uh, joining his other teammate. Oh, it's, it's disappeared off my screen. Uh, Aaron Francis from Essendon joins Sydney. And Sam Wiedemann joins Essendon from Melbourne. What do you feel about Certainly Wiedemann? Certainly does. I'm excited to have uh, a midfielder that has a little bit of gusto about them. And, uh, yeah, just a bit of... Let's have someone show off their muscles, I guess, to a certain extent is what you want out of your midfield. I'm also very excited about the addition of a new forward in... Uh, it was uh, Wiedemann, wasn't it? No. Yes, Wiener. yes, that's what you said. That is weird. <laughs> My apologies. Yeah, there was the other. There was the other factor of we're actually also recruiting for another tall four, which is exciting to see. We need a better forward line. Damn it, Michael could probably break it down a little bit more in his uh, uh, recap of the AFL trade period. You're listening to the Sports Desk with Sam and Jason and uh, Michael, uh, our beloved EP. He's been spending the last few weeks in Perth covering the Uni Nationals. You're about to hear a breakdown of his time in Perth and also just to wrap up the uh, AFL trade period from his uh, unique worldview, Sam. Isn't Isn't that right? Yep. Here's Michael now. Hello, Sports Desk family. Absolute pleasure to be recording this special edition of, I suppose, my take on the AFL trade period and some of the sport that I have been indulging in recently. Unfortunately, I'm a little bit unwell and I couldn't be in the studios with the guys there to be able to um, host the show, Um, but it's still fantastic to share these thoughts. It's been a big couple of weeks for me. I've been over in Perth uh, covering the Unisport Nationals, which was a huge success. First time they've hosted that since 2019. Uh, The Western Australian Unis did a tremendous job getting everything together. And RMIT, the university that I was proudly representing, covering the media there, they ended up coming fifth overall. Now, when you think about the fact that it's contested against 42 other universities, it's a pretty, pretty good effort for RMIT to get so high in the rankings. And I thought all of the athletes did a tremendous job and really represented the university well. Let's get on to the AFL trade period because this was something that, like the COVID years wasn't too entertaining, but this year in particular, 36 players um, going to different clubs, nearly a full AFL team worth of players going to other clubs. That's pretty significant. Uh, Last year's trade period, it must be said, was a fizzer. This year, a lot of deals did get done. There was 
as per usual, the deadline deals that were done, that one was Todd Mitchell to Collingwood. Uh, I think that's a really big get for Collingwood. Um, Ollie Henry, they would have liked to keep him. He goes down the highway, very homesick, to Geelong to play with his brother. Uh, think they'll be playing at opposite ends of the ground, but regardless, that's a pretty cool story. And I think there was a real big surprise with Jaeger O'Meara going to uh, Fremantle. Yes, he is from Western Australia, but a lot of people didn't expect that to happen. Another surprise was Lockie Hunter going to Melbourne. Uh, I thought Melbourne had a really strong trade period, particularly bringing in Brody, Brody Grundy, only having to give up second-round pick for that being 27. And they also, yes, they lost Sam Wiedemann to Essendon, but they pick up Josh Shackey, who's a bit of a, you know, interesting player if you can get up and about. Will they play him as a forward? I think they will, potentially. Um, but he's a good swing man. He's been all right at the Dogs. The Dogs end up getting that Rory Lobb deal done very late in the day too. I think he's a really good ad- addition to that squad. He's going to help fast-track the development of those younger key forwards that the Dogs have and potentially keep them relevant or more than relevant, very competitive for the next couple of seasons while he's there. And I think Liam Jones coming into the back line, I think that's a really nice addition to the Dogs. I still think they're quite blessed with midfield depth, so I don't think there'll be any issues there. Um, but Josh Dunkley does go to the Brisbane Lions. I don't think the Lions had to give up too much. There's always that threat. Being out of contract at the end of this season that he could have walked to the preseason draft and went to North Melbourne. And, gee, wouldn't have they liked that, but it wasn't to be... Speaking of North Melbourne, uh, gee, what about this mega trade that sees Jason Horn francis the number one draft pick from last year in their eyes, go to Port Adelaide. Um, North Melbourne could have had more in their pockets um, with that South Australian pick, along with, you know, all those draft picks that Adelaide were willing to give North Melbourne. And after a year backing them into the system, it was a horrendous year for North Melbourne, as we know. Still a lot of uncertainty off the field. They get picked two and three in, but they do lose Horn Francis, who I don't think would have been good anyway if they held on to him. So I think they made the right choice. Uh, and they get two draft picks at the very high end who they rate evenly. I think that's good for North. Um, look, really, the considerable losers in this draft were really St Kilda and Hawthorne because they didn't do a lot. And they didn't really get a huge amount of high-end picks into the door. Uh, I, I still think I still think Hawthorne... I, I think Hawthorne are a bit more settled because they know who they are and what they're going for, and they, they want to rebuild young, you know, uh, high-end talent, you know, throughout the ground and in those key positions. So I think they're pretty settled. But I still think St Kilda, they're not 100% sure what they're trying to do. Are they trying to get young talent in and then try and get that older talent out for younger picks? Time will tell, but they didn't really do that in this trade period. So that's um, got me scratching my head a little bit. Um, if I had to give a little Essendon uh, trade review, recap, didn't do a huge amount. Look, to be honest, you're not going to attract a lot of players when you sack your CEO 24 hours into his tenure and then you have, well, he resigned, but I think we all know that he he was pushed from within. But 
the head coach, you know, only just being confirmed before the start of the trade period. You're not going to get a lot of players like Jack Bowes or even Josh Dunkley if he was considering staying in Victoria and if that deal didn't go through. You're not going to get players of that ilk wanting to nominate a club that's been very uncertain off the field and, and, and don't even have that opportunity to talk to their coach. So I think... Essendon did very well to get Sam Wiedemann across the line. Uh, seven years at Melbourne, he's a very favourite, popular player there. He's also a player who apparently is a ripper bloke off the field too. So I think that'll be great for Essendon's culture. And, you know, like Peter Wright, if Sam Wiedemann can get consistent game time, he could be a real diamond in the rough. And as for... Will Setterfield, well, we've been saying this for years. Essendon need a tall midfielder, and they finally got one. And will he play consistent time and actually play a good role within Brad Scott's game style? He might. And he might be a real bargain buy, potentially, considering he was a top five pick and a player that was at the top of a lot of clubs' lists in his draft year. So that could be a good steal for Essendon too, but didn't really attract too much talent. But they, of course, hold on to that pick four, which could be really crucial. And if I'm Essendon, you're getting the best talent out there, but also you're looking for a player who's really cultural fit, a leader, someone who might be on the field, someone who could just give a bit of instruction. Yes, you don't expect that from a young player, but some of these players have these capabilities like a Joel Selwood out there. You just got to find them. Even if they're not pure, absolute star quality Get a player in who has got some real good leadership skills and someone who can take players with them. And um, I know Essendon have some of them, but I think they need more. So interesting trade period. Uh, it was entertaining to watch. Uh, as I mentioned to you, I think the big winners, Brisbane Lions, I think they just get better along with, you know, getting Will Ashcroft in the door. And also they're going to be massive players, uh, I think, yeah. With, with those with those stars that they got in. I still think their back line's a little bit dysfunctional, but regardless, the firepower, gee, they're going to be a high-scoring team and an exciting team to watch next season. I thought Port Adelaide, really impressive in the trade period. I don't think they were the winner of the trade period. I think Geelong and Richmond <laughs> just continue to get stronger. The rich get richer, and I think that's the moral of this trade period. It's been a pleasure covering it. It's been a pleasure uh, expressing my views on it, and I'm really, really excited to get back in the studio once I'm 100% fit and firing, and I can't wait to discuss more sport with Sammy, Jimmy, Jason, and Cooper. Thanks, guys. Have a great one, and enjoy your weekend. Stay dry, everyone. We're doing our very best to stay dry there, Michael. Thank you very much for uh, Michael sending that in uh, through the night, breaking down a bit more of a broader sense the uh, uh, the AFL draft period. And also, big congratulations to RMIT uh, for at the Uni Nationals finishing fifth. Sam, that's that's a great achievement for the Uni. Uh, congratulations, <laughs> RMIT. That's fantastic. He went very in depth about Essendon because it's obviously yeah, it's he, his can't club. It. Sam, he can't help it. He can't help it. If you want, if you want to talk about Carlton specifically, just for now, and then we'll do a quick, a quick wrap up of the AFLW. But if you like, the floor is yours, Sam. If you want to talk Carlton, well, we didn't do too much in the period. We got Blake Acres, and uh, um, uh, and then of course sent over Will Setterfield to say goodbye to him. Um, we Setterfield, that's effort. the other Essendon bloke I was thinking yeah, of too. Sorry. Um, so now I just I'm going to have to hate the guy, but that's all right. 
Um, uh-huh. I pat him on the back in the the end of the the VFL finals this year. Um, and uh, but oh, it always happens. Oh, and you you actually pat him on the back. <laughs> yeah, I said yeah. <laughs> See, this Great bugs me. Oh, this really bugs me. I had Adam Sard. He went to my high school. Oh right. Oh, he, he was like he's a West Coburg boy oh, as well. I forgot he's come the other way. So. He's, and he went the other way. So <laughs> you know, I know how you feel. Um. But it was going to be hard for him anyway to squeeze into our midfield, and especially that wing spot now, which is now Blake Akers. So uh, he'll join his other former teammates uh, from um, Fremantle in... Um, my mind's gone blank. <laughs> it's one of those warnings for you, yeah. Sam, isn't it? Is it? Not much hours sleep. Um, <laughs> Let's put it this way. Let's put the trade period to bed. Yep. Jimmy, on if you're listening on Monday, it's all yours, mate. <laughs> Well, Wednesday, we've been moved to Wednesdays now. We have now, been moved to Wednesdays. We've we'll, we'll, we'll up yes. to the draft period now, which is exciting to oh, see the young this kids This AFL 2022, it won't and go that, away. AFL's sneaky. A- They've purposely <sighs> planned it out, so we've got the trade period now, and then in then a the month's draft. time, then we've got the draft. And then pre-season. Then, yeah, yeah, it doesn't stop. Even though the season finishes, it doesn't go away. Go away, okay. AFL. Let's talk a- AFLW. Let's do a AFLW. quick wrap-up of that. Tonight, Carlton will play Richmond. Uh, a much better performance from them. They've been struggling a bit, the Carlton girls, so um, hopefully they can do better tonight as well. 6.30, they will play Richmond. Uh, Brisbane, uh, will, Brisbane will also play Adelaide Crows tonight at 8.30. Uh, Port Adelaide will play North Melbourne tomorrow. Essendon will play Sydney tomorrow, 3.10. Uh, Geelong will play West Coast at 5.40 tomorrow night. Gold Coast Suns will play Melbourne at 7.40 uh, and on Sunday, the Bulldogs will play St Kilda from 1.10. GWS will play Hawthorne from 3.10. And to round out the AFRW round, week 8 of 10, Fremantle will play Collingwood at 5.10 on Sunday. All right, we'll get to our next song, and then we'll come back. It's going to be the round ball game. It's heating up. Round 2 of the A-League, the Final. Champions League, uh, t- drawing it close to its group stage. I think there's only one more week of group stage matches, I'm pretty sure, before we move on to the next stage. And then, of course, crazy things are happening in the Premier League. All right, that's all coming up here on your Friday morning on the Sports Desk on Sim. Cut, copy, where I'm going on the Sports Desk on your Friday morning. And it's time to get to the round ball game. We'll talk about some Champions League. Oh, it's great to see the intros back, Sam. Oh, oh, yeah, I love your laptop. <laughs> uh, so the Champions League wrap-up over the last couple of days, match day five of six. No, I was incorrect before. I th- so there's two more um, uh, group stage weeks. Um, so a couple to go, but some interesting results. I uh, won't go through all of them, but a, a couple of ones uh, over the top. Uh, Juventus. Lost 2-0 to Maccabi Haifia, um, which I'll quickly... Uh, there's surprise teams uh, always in the Champions League every year that I have to find out that they're from some small part, and, and it's an amazing effort for them. to. But to knock over Juventus, whew, uh, Maccabi Haifia, someone... It's uh, an Israeli professional football club, so uh, sorry for my butchering of the pronunciation. Uh, but to knock over Juventus... Uh, interesting stuff. So they went down 2-0. Um, also, um, and I've accidentally just got on all of their fixtures now, 
which is not what I wanted to do. Don't worry, we will um, do a little bit of a breakdown <laughs> on the uh, the Champions League fixture. I've also got uh, some Premier League fixtures on, for coming up on the we weekend. That, but before we get to that, of course, yeah. yes. I'm buying your time, Sam. It's all good, mate. <laughs> Napoli defeated uh, Ajax 4-2. Pretty interesting. Uh, Real Madrid drew 1-1 with Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, and Liverpool. Liverpool. Now, been, they've been actually struggling... Uh, in the EPL for a while, but a massive win uh, for them over Rangers. 7-1. 7-1. Barcelona, of course, were 3-3 with Inter Milan. Um, 4-2, uh, Bayern over Vict- Victoria Pesic, which is like a, a Czech team. Um, and Tottenham 3-2 over Frankfurt. Uh, Man City, after the... The game week before, defeating them 5-0, it was a nil-nil draw against Copenhagen. Uh, Pep resting a fair few amount of players uh, before they face Liverpool this weekend in the EPL. So, yeah, there's, so there's two more group stage matches, but uh, pretty much sitting at the top of each groups, um, Man City set to go through. Uh, Real Madrid looked pretty safe up the top of Group F. Uh, Chelsea on seven points, still... Tight affair there, uh, but they may be safe. Tottenham looking pretty on top of their group. Bayern on top of Group C. Club Brugge on top of Group B. Napoli on top of Group A. Uh, And we will go across now to the Premier League. Just that little bit of extra grandeur in that one. So I'm loving your laptop. It's wonderful sound effects coming. I, I, I've missed them. We haven't done that in a few weeks. So I'm excited to hear about that. Uh, the only ones I really wrote down to break down for you, Sam, was uh, just the ones coming up this weekend. 15th of October, Brentford versus Brighton. Leicester, Leicester versus Crystal Palace. And on Sunday, 16th to 10th, 16th of October is Fulham. The, uh, the, that's the club owned by Tony Khan. AEW, AEW versus Bournemouth. Uh, and we've got the Wolves versus Nottingham Forest and Tolham versus Everton. Yeah, no, no, a couple of big fixtures. Uh, the first game being kicking off the round bright, at Brighton and Brentford, 6am Saturday morning, uh, if you're up with the early birds on Saturday morning. Uh, and then the early game, which we missed last weekend. I'm not sure what the scheduling was last weekend, but we didn't get a game Australian time till 1am, uh, which was not good. So we get a 10.30 game at Leicester and Crystal Palace, which is good for Aussie viewers. Um, but... A few of the big ones, as you mentioned, um, uh, I think uh, Tottenham and Everton. That's that's going to be a pretty interesting one. Tottenham going to be that uh, in it, trying to get in the top four. I'll bring up the table just so I've got <laughs> that for reference um, while we go through. Just off face value, while you do that, oh, Sam. They're, they're sitting third at the moment, Tottenham. Okay. Uh, and Everton, uh, well, not the greatest of seasons. 12, sitting mid-table. Um, I probably expect a bit more from them. Um, Aston Villa and Chelsea, an interesting one as well. Uh, Aston Villa, I've, I feel that uh, it may be not be far away from uh, Steven Gerrard getting sacked from Villa because right. they've had an absolute shocking start. 16, uh, they're two... Well, they're sitting 16th. Relegation is 18th. Okay, right. So really close to that. Um, And I don't see them winning this either. So it's going to put them in dire straits. Um, 
which is really disappointing because they looked like over the last two seasons or so they were were going to be one of the teams that was going to try and crack into the top top half kind of th- on the outer rims of the top four. Uh, but unfortunately for them, Man United, Newcastle, that's a big one. Newcastle might be um, people smoky for the, the top four with a big investment that they've oh, had. Way, man. The what? The Harway man, uh, Harway. That's a uh, uh, Geordie for come on. Oh, so. <laughs> you know Geordie. So the, the yeah, Newcastle, yeah. Northeastern yes. slang. Yeah, that's uh, that's the only that's the only bit of British <laughs> no, no, culture no. I understand. It, actually, it was the bad fairness. accent that threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. No, I think to a certain extent, I don't I don't follow too much Premier League, but I'll you know I'll back Newcastle. Why the hell not? Um, Liverpool, Man City, 2.30 Monday morning. Terrible time for us Australians, but that's a massive one. Uh, so getting a confidence boost to Liverpool uh, in the Champions League, but in, in the Prem uh, side of things, they're sitting 10th, and it's been honestly not the greatest. A terrible start for them uh, this year. That could potentially have them, I mentioned last week, that could potentially be out of the running, but this is a massive game. And look, I'm not going to count them anywhere out of it because they just had the, the wood over... Uh, over City last season. Um, so this is just a big game as any of the others, even though it doesn't matter where they're sitting now. Uh, this is a big game. Um, and Arsenal continue to impress. 24 points on top of the table at the moment. Um, City one behind and Tottenham three points behind that. So it been very impressive, but a long season to go. They face Leeds uh, Monday at midnight. Monday midnight. Uh, do any Australian viewers get anything uh, on a Sunday morning? You know, because that's a wami easy. Well, uh, Sunday morning, uh, three thirty. Like so we, we got morning. one day. Well, normally I say I'm a Saturday night, but Wolves and Nottingham Forest are one a.m. Sunday. Fulham, Bournemouth, one a.m. Sunday, and the great time Tottenham Everton. That's three thirty. That's an awful hour. To you, to I want to just summarise with your expertise, Sam. I need because I'm here to get your opinions on these matters. Uh, Judging by the fixture that we have this week in the Premier League, who are the teams that are going to be under the microscope this weekend? Uh, Definitely Villa for sure. Yep. Um, I'd say. Uh, people are trying to get an eye on Newcastle and Man United. They're sitting fifth and sixth, so I think that's a pretty interesting game. Um, um, Nottingham Forest have not uh, newly promoted. They've spent a lot of money, and it's been not been that great of a start for them. Um, and who's the other one? I think, oh, Leicester. Leicester, Leicester, Leicester. 20th. They're sitting way down at the bottom. Crystal Palace versus Leicester. So, yeah, Leicester are in big trouble. I can't believe I forgot about them. They're sitting completely at the bottom. They are, yeah. Uh, so, in dire trouble. Dire, dire trouble, Leicester. Well, there you go. Uh, and back home, it's round two of the A-League, uh, and it kicks off tonight. Brisbane Raw hosting Melbourne City. Uh, Melbourne City getting it done last week over West United in the grand final rematch. So, great start for the season for them. Uh, Brisbane Raw, I think it was a draw last week. Um, trying to think, I think it was Adelaide they were playing. Forgive me if <laughs> my memory is fading. Uh, Saturday, Newcastle Jets play Perth Glory at 5 pm. Um, hopefully, Newcastle can get a game out. That that was the game that was cancelled between Newcastle and Central Coast. It got rained out. Central Coast completely underwater. 
Uh, Melbourne Victory and Western Sydney Wanderers will play Saturday at 7.45pm. Wellington Phoenix will play the Central Coast Mariners Sunday 1pm. MacArthur will play Adelaide United on Sunday at 3pm. And Western United will play Sydney FC at 5pm on Sunday. Uh, So get down to some of the games over the weekend. Exciting. Really want to get the crowds ramped up. now that COVID's gone away and it's out of the... We've got no really excuses anymore to get to games. Uh, I really want to ramp up and uh, get get this game going. But I did have a quick point on the Sydney FC fans. Very disappointed to see them throwing junk on. They've got a brand new exciting stadium and it was massive on Saturday night. A great uh, marquee game, the Big Blue. Um, but to have that d- disgraceful behaviour of them throwing bottles on the pitch in the last couple of minutes... Um, it's just not what we want to see. We don't want to start off the season with negativity. This is what people, this is what you know, drives people away from the game rather than turning to it. So, hopefully, it's the last that I have to talk about crowd behaviour. <laughs> but is there any likelihood, just to bring it back to a positive uh, mindset? Uh, is there any likelihood you'll be going to any of these games uh, in the near future, this week, and maybe? Uh, well, Melbourne City play in Brisbane, so I won't be going to that. Um, but, yeah, we are pr- pretty much close to wrapping up here. Quickly, we'll go through the NBL round. Uh, the Jack Jumpers defeated the Adelaide 36ers uh, and last night, and the Kings will play the Taipans today. Tomorrow, the Wildcats will play Melbourne United. Um, uh, oh, sorry, re- tonight as well. Yep, 36ers uh, rejoin the court soon against the Illawarra Hawks. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix taking on the New Zealand Breakers at the John Kane Arena. Brisbane Bullets taking on the Sydney Kings. Uh, st- well, actually, by the way, at this point, uh, Sydney Kings, uh, yeah, they're playing second. They're sitting at the top of the table. They're playing uh, the so Brisbane Bullets vs Sydney Kings, Nissan Arena, and Illawarra Hawks versus the New Zealand Breakers at Wynn Entertainment Centre. And, of course, before we wrap up, of course, uh, the T20 World Cup kicks off this weekend. Um, Australia don't play for a... They don't uh, play for next another weekend. week. And I think um, it's a New Zealand they're playing in the first uh, their first game. So in, two in games at Geelong this weekend at Cadinia Park, a couple at Hobart, uh, two more at Geelong. So Geelong is getting its work done. Yeah, Geelong's um, kicking off uh, the T20 World Cup. It's Sri Lanka v Namibia. On the 16th, and uh, the United Arab Emirates take on the Netherlands. That's uh, Cardinia Park or GMH... Uh, uh, yeah, Cardinia Park. I don't think it's a GMHBA. It, it should be GMHBA Stadium, uh, right? I think... Uh, Just using colloquial terms. Yeah, no, well, sometimes I remember Amy Park and all their branding ripped down for when the uh, Socceroos played there when they one-off game. I okay, think there's right. something to do with the big international tournaments... The sponsorships and stuff. So they so. put a bit more tradition into it to there too. And a final note on the NBL, because I didn't uh, mention this when running down the fixture, uh, it's the third round coming up uh, this week, but we want to, hopefully we, this is uh, words for encouragement for more, uh, uh, I guess, sporting sports goers to attend your local NBL game, because round two, last week in the NBL, it's very exciting because a, a an attendance record was broken, in fact. Uh, yes. 51,103 was the total attendance for every game attended in round two oh, in wow. the NBL, which is the first time in NBL history uh, that a total attendance across uh, the second week in the in the schedule surpassed 50,000. So that's a, that sounds to me like a very exciting time to be a basketball fan, especially here locally in Australia. So yep. let's see if we can keep breaking these re- attendance records at yep. NBL games. Just because the footy season done doesn't mean you can stop 
attending sport. I, I mean, this is the amazing thing. Well, we there's, have no need to, there's no need to wait for the summer of cricket, too. Yeah. There's plenty of plenty things going of stuff on. going on. So get out there. Um, and we're lucky to live in a great city like Melbourne where we've got things going on all the time, especially in the sporting world and music world and whatever. Um, and just we're in a great and, city to live in. And just week two on the NBL, just to prove there, nationwide, basketball is hotter than ever. And they're excited to see some action uh, in that regard. So that's... Very exciting to hear. Uh, and, and with that, that's uh, pretty much the sports desk for your Friday morning of October 14th. Sorted. Hopefully we're all back here next week. We've moved to a new time Wednesday 5pm from next week. Uh, but the Friday 9am show stays here where it is. Of course, Sam, myself, Jason. And back, Michael, next week. Hopefully. Thanks for listening. Uh, keep up to date with us on social media. Uh, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Sports Desk Sid and catch the podcast. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. This has been Sam and Heddett and Jason. Thank you very much for listening. Catch you soon. This is Sid. We're young people run the show.